Welcome to the Heat Ratio, where we bring you sports with an attitude. Here are your hosts, Tony Jigsaw Cotillo, Coach Dave Dixon, Pittsburgh John Coker, and the wild card, Mike Mataraki. Boys, what is up? Man, NFL Week 1, we got so much to talk about tonight. Uh, Mike actually broke some breaking news on Twitter, so we're getting into that when we talk about the Phillies. Uh, obviously, we're going to talk about the Eagles. We're going to talk a little Doug P. We're going to talk a little Deshaun Jackson. You know, go around the NFL, see what happened, what was good, what was bad. But right off the bat, we have to get to a, a ridiculous Eagles loss. Let's just let's call it what it is. You know, Dave, I'm going to come to you right away. Again, your father's Heat Ratio podcast, Tony Cotillo, John Coker, Mike Mataraki, Dave Dixon. You'll see all our taglines on the bottom as we talk. But listen, right now, the Eagles, they cannot afford to lose this game. They did. Dave, tell me right off the bat what happened. Well, I mean, <laughs> what, what happened was that they – completely fell apart from coaching staff to players to injuries to every possible scenario um, happened bad. It, it happened. Um, offensive line, Carson. Um, I actually thought the defense played well, but you know, I, I can have my negative spin on that if you want. And, and honestly, I mean, I don't want to be negative, but you know, Carson collapsed. If he was sacked eight times, I'm blaming Carson for four of them, right? Holding on to the ball. I know everybody knows the same thing. They're watching the same stuff. Um, uh, but I will give him – I don't want to blame the whole thing on him. I, I want to blame playing calling. I want to blame the inexperience of the offensive line. And and let's give a little credit to the Washington Redskins defense. They, they do have um, – Two of the better defensive coaches, one's the head coach, and Jack Del Rio, the defense coordinator, is an excellent coordinator who I wanted on this team that we talked about on the heat ratio. Um, but honestly, Tony, I think that if if Carson decides to play football this way, and I'm a Carson fan, he number one, he's not going to be healthy enough to continue. And number two, he's proven that he can't be coached. Um, and what I mean by that is you hold on to the ball in this league and you're willing to take 290 to 300 pound linemen hitting you and driving you to the ground. You're not for long. You're not going to last long and you're not doing what you're taught. Get rid of the football. Stop trying to extend the plays and don't take sacks that remove you from field goal range. It's pretty basic QB stuff that he did completely wrong. So I understand why people are out there hating on Carson for the last couple of days. But, again, Doug Peterson, run the football. Um, our number I, – I, okay, I'm going to spin this a, a little direction – is our, our second-round draft pick wasn't even suited up. What's that tell you? I think that was done on purpose. You want me to start some turmoil? I think Doug Peterson 
did that on purpose, saying, hey, Howie, you picked number two, and you didn't get me a lineman, a receiver, a running back. You picked a backup quarterback. That, to me, is like – and you don't suit him. That's pretty interesting stuff going on right now with the Eagles. Yeah. Listen, Dave, you you, you hit it. I mean, the, the disturbing thing is I've said this today. I've said this before. I would get John and Mike's take in a minute is these are the same tendencies that Carson Wentz has had over the last two or three years. This hasn't changed, right? This, this, no matter who the quarterback coach is, no matter who the offense coordinator is, doesn't matter. Hasn't changed. Hey, Jim Jackson's the worst start of Wentz's career. 15 pressures, zero passes thrown away. I, I don't know if it was the worst start of his career, but it's that the regression is sad right now. It is. It was not what we expected. You know, Andrew Texan, Carson isn't it isn't the wonder we what, what's that? Carson isn't the wonder we that the team thinks he is. You could say Jalen Hurts. I mean, yeah, listen, everybody's gonna buy into the Jalen Hurts stuff, right? Dog is a dope, no creativity. Now, this is what <laughs> right you know what Dan listen, Dan, I, I'm with Dan here. Okay. I, I am because I, you know I, I'm not gonna say Doug's an idiot, but what I am gonna say is that Doug has to know in this game, you're up 17 to nothing. I get it. But when your quarterback, number one, is not sensing pressure like he should be, number two, he's running for his life. You know, why are we doing five step drops with deep seam routes? Let's get now. I don't know if this was Carson or this was Doug. I don't know. Mike, go right to you. What do you think that was this more Doug or was this more Carson? Who do you put this on in this game? It's absolutely Doug. It's. You know, when you're calling offensive plays, you have pass plays that are three-step drop, a five-step drop, and a seven-step drop. I mean, that's universally known throughout the NFL. And when I when I look at this, and you guys know I, I spend a lot of time in the booth, so I, I try to take a step back and look at this from the 30,000-foot view. When I look at the numbers... I mean, the Eagles won time of possessions. They won first downs. They won third down efficiency. They won total yards. They won total plays ran. They ran yards per play. They ran. They won passing yards. I mean, the only the only area that the Redskins beat them offensively was rushing yards, and it was eighty to fifty-seven. So it's not like either team ran the ball with any great you know, skill or proficiency. But here's what happened. Birds took eight sacks, and I actually agree 100% with Dave. I put four of them on Carson, and I put four of them on the offensive line. But they gave up eight sacks, and they turned it over three times. I mean, I would like to be able to look at Jim Schwartz and say, how the hell do you give up 27 points to that basically anemic Washington Redskins team. But when you're giving them the ball, you know, at the 35, 30, 25, going into the red zone more than once, it's actually easy to see how they lost that game. Um, I mean, I could go on. I don't want to take a ton of time away from John, but I honestly feel like the fact that Jason Peters moved from right guard to left tackle the last week of the preseason had something to do with it. I feel like the fact that 
the right side of the line was Nate Herbig and I mean, who was it? Jack Driscoll. Jack yeah. Driscoll, Mulatto, who started it, right? Yeah. And then it was Jordan Mailata. You had, you had, so you had no Matt Pryor over there, no Lane Johnson over there. Which, where was Matt Pryor on Sunday? Someone needs to Great explain question. that to me. And then you had no Miles Sanders. And frankly, you know, all of us, I think, collectively have been saying it all preseason. They need to go out and get another running back. And I think a lot of us were on the, the Devontae Freeman train but Boston Scott is not a workhorse back. He, he's no. a change of pace guy. Corey Clement, if they gave him an opportunity to be a workhorse back, he might be able to be. But this team doesn't run the ball. So if you're going to have a change of pace and a somewhat speed guy as your backups, you need a power back. I love that. Well, we know. Listen, when we talk about the power back, this is all Dave's territory because he went like Garrett Blunt last year on a one year deal. I know where Dave's going. Right. I'll tell you what, not wrong with Adrian Peterson either. I came on his show and and I was parading for Adrian Peterson, 93 yards for the Detroit Lions. Looked like he saw a little pep in his step. A guy wasn't going to come in here and and command the rock 20 times a game either. So they they definitely dropped the ball on that. Now, now, John, hold on. What's up? Let's stick a pin in the Detroit Lions for a second because I want to go back to that. Okay, that's fine. Right. No, no problem. And John, let, let me ask you this. So we talk about Mike said he mentioned the word Miles Sanders, right? I'm gonna mention Lane Johnson. You know, two of the key components on your offensive side of the ball. Not there. Are we being too quick to judge after one week? Do do we need to wait until the entire band is back? in order to judge this team properly. What do you think? It's still week one in the NFL. I mean, is the bottom line. Look, no team, you're not every team is going to come out playing like it's right. There was no preseason. I mean, there was limited face-to-face things throughout the whole offseason. Look, a lot of guys came out with rust. Some of them knocked it off in the first quarter. Some of them need a game. Some of them need a couple games. I'll tell you right now, Tom Brady, if you look at his stats over the past probably four years, you look at how he plays in weeks one through three, it ain't very good, all right? They may come out with a win. Look, you guys said it all. I mean, look, it's the same. Let's rewind to episode 90 of the heat ratio. Hmm. Let's see. They're not running the ball, and Carson Wentz is holding on to the ball too long. I mean, am I, I, that, I, that's, that's the no, bottom line. You're right, line. John. Look, that's part of the frustration. Look, Lane Johnson playing is a huge piece and him playing at full capacity. All right. When he plays, Eagles win. When he doesn't, they don't do so well. But you go into halftime with a lead. And the MO when you have a lead at halftime is run the ball. And we get outrun, what is it, 36 to uh, 17? Mm-hmm. 17 carries. And you got a lead at halftime. So let's take away what was done in the first half. How do you not run the ball? And, yes, Carson, get the ball out of your hands. Just get your – you got a lead. Get the ball out of your hands. Don't take the sack. Throw it away. Check down. So that goes back to Doug, play calling. But, yeah, it was it was, it was was a second-half disaster. Yeah, play calling was atrocious. How many, these plays, how many play of these plays – Absolutely atrocious. I, I wonder if, if this could be said out loud. How many times did Dougie call run – 
and it was audible by Carson at the line to a pass. I wonder if if that happened at all during that game because the the run thing frustrates the hell out of me personally. And you know, I wonder if that's the case at all, um, or does Carson? do everything that Doug says, because if that's the case, then Mike is absolutely nailing the head with saying it's Doug Peterson's fault. Um, and, and John hit it too. You, you have a 17 point lead and you come out, you should be clack, clock management and field con, uh, field control, right? You want to punt the ball away if you have to and keep them down on their side of the 50. So um, I, I don't know. I think, uh, I think Doug and Carson have to share the ultimate blame for for this. See, I, this I is don't Doug. know that we're ever going to get to the bottom of the whole like audible thing. Usually, you audible from a pass play to a different pass play, change the protection, something like that. Sometimes maybe you'll audible from a run to a pass if you think you can get over the top of it. The reason that I don't necessarily want to go there right now, and, and Tone, you. I feel like you know where I'm going to go with this. It's Andy. It's Andy Reid ball. Andy Reid was the exact same way for years and years and years. It was throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball. And that's what Doug does. It's just throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball. You're, 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 you're right about that. But what, what, what I, what, what I will contest is there were times where big red knew there were times to run okay he did that prolifically with guys like deuce staley there was games where he would show up and all of a sudden deuce around the ball 28 times so right, when, you right starting running back right but 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 still mike you 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 have to th this is not jay gruden anymore right? right it's not jay gruden on the other side this is what oh, i keep I saying right th this is ron rivera this is hey, jack del rio ron Rivera's a damn good coach right and again, Doug is going to show that he is small in certain spots now. Because guess what? I'll tell you what. If that's a Jay Gruden coach team, we probably don't lose that game. Probably we lost, right? right? I, I, am I right or wrong? I agree. I mean, I, you know, I'm not. I'm just. I know hindsight's twenty twenty, but still, you know, Jack Del Rio punched Doug in the mouth. That's what he did, and Doug had no friggin' answer whatsoever uh, at, at all. As Phil check, our buddy Phil Stifle checks in. Jack Driscoll, Jordan Mylava, not the big issue. Doug and Carson lost the game for the Eagles. I, I actually agree with that. I do. Uh, Dan's killing Doug tonight. Common sense and intelligence is what I'm judging. Uh, our man Andre, the four horse of the bell. What's up? A-bomb Namar, Andre. Don't forget, A-bomb Namar. We better be ready. Uh, kill, kill is run all the time. Predictable. 17-7 uh, and seven is on the coaches. 14-7 and seven and a half is on the players. Just my opinion. Uh, li listen, I mean, we, we can talk about this all day. We can. The, the the other thing that's concerning to me, though, is, and, and I want all your guys' opinions on this. Number one, you know, I, I've been wrestling with this all day. You know, we're asking, is it Doug? Is it Carson? But what about is it Howie? And what I mean by that is, you know, we just mentioned there's no depth at running back here. We already knew Boston Scott can handle load, just like Mike said. We, we know all about that. You have no polished wide receivers here. Again, and let me ask you, so what the hell was with the DeJon Jackson thing? Well, I, like, it, there's something going on there. I mean, Doug's, Doug's answer to that was, well, you know, we, we kind of have load management. We want to keep them healthy for all 16 games. Like, what the hell is that? This isn't the Sixers, man. This is, you know, you can't go and lose 
uh, to an NFC East rival in week one and have your guy stretched on the sideline, he only played 54% of the snaps. I mean, I, I don't know. Am I, Mike, am I looking in, into this too much? I mean, what, what the hell is that? No, I, I don't think you're looking into it too much. I, I honestly feel like this entire week just went off the rails for the Eagles. I, I feel like it was, you know, Rager's not going to play, and then all of a sudden Rager's going to play. But then Lane Johnson goes out, Miles Sanders goes out, like Doug doesn't know what type of plays he's going to run, what type of scheme he's going to run. And then all of a sudden they go up 17 to nothing and Doug puts it in cruise control thinking, okay, well, it's the Redskins. I got this. I've, I've done this how many times? And even if you don't want to run the ball with Corey Clement and Boston Scott, call a few three-step drops, throw some quick slants. I, I mean, you know, Dallas Goddard got targeted nine times. Zach wow. Ertz got targeted like four. So uh, uh, there's, I, I mean, and then there's reports coming out before the game that Zach Ertz and Howie Roseman had an altercation at practice during the week. And then they had another altercation on the sideline before the game. Like what the hell's going on with this team? Alligator arms. I'm telling you that that, that was, you blame them? that was you for who, for what? Well, that, listen, Mike, I said the same thing. I said, listen, this is a product again of, you don't have a long-term deal. Right, so you're thinking, am I going to go across the middle, get my head strung out here, and, and these guys won't even commit to me? For who, for what? Oh, that was that was Ricky Waters all over that, all over that, absolutely. But let me let's get to a couple positives. And Dave, I'm going to bring you right into this because I've been asking this question. I was watching some film, watched some things, and I'll tell you what, Darius Slay as advertised. Uh, you know, Darius Slay had a tremendous game. You know, he locked in on Terry McLaurin. Okay, Scary Terry did nothing. I think Scary Terry scared himself. In 50 snaps, he was only targeted five times, three catches, 30 yards, a 77 passing rating to McLaurin, who had 10 catches for 255 and two TDs against the Eagles last year. So are we are we looking at the real deal here, Dave? Well, I think he played a great game. Um, Darius Slade did a really nice job for us. I, and overall, I, I mean, I'd have to say that the defense played well. I think I think Geary played a, a really decent game at middle linebacker for them. Um, again, though, I, I, I know you want to say with the positives, and that's fine, but I'm not looking too much into playing against Haskins and the offense of the Washington football team. Um, so, you said it right. I'm, I'm proud of you. You said it right. You got it right. So, um, <laughs> I mean, that's hard to say, but I, I, I think that the defense did okay. Um, I, you know, obviously this week is a much bigger test, and we'll see how we do. Um, but you touched on something earlier, if you don't mind me going into, um, about where the state of the Eagles are at with Howie Roseman and all those other things. I have a lot to say about that, and and you know that I've been discussing this for years. Is that the, the our ability to um, get talent in here and evaluate talent talent as the free agent and as the draft picks, we are not good, and our Eagles football team is in jeopardy of being average for years because of the depth that we have at multiple positions and the picks that we have. 
We just let go of Rasul Douglas and uh, Sidney Jones. Sidney Jones was a second-round draft pick um, that what tore his Achilles that we decided to draft anyway. Right there and then, the owner of the, uh, the Eagles should have – whoever made that decision, they should have been fired on the spot. I said it day one. I said it when he was drafted. And, and you know, whatever. If, if we can see it from where we're sitting, they have to be able to see these things. And their, their offensive line depth is horrendous right now. Their running backs, their receivers. You said J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. Did he have a catch? Did he have no. a target? No. He right? was invincible. So, so, you know, you look at our linebackers, our defensive ends, our defensive backs. Howie Roseman should be hung out to dry right now. You, wherever there's riots, Howie Roseman should be in the middle of those riots right now. That's where that's where I'm at with Howie. I'm so disappointed in where we're at. Uh, listen, I, I'm with you, man. I, I, I I've been saying this before. I mean, Dan, Dan's agree. Howie, yes, for sure. Long time is scary. This game is one of coach with half prayer because dog. Is, yo, Dan is killing dog. He's not getting no Christmas cards from Dan this year. That's for damn sure. But uh, listen, that no, Dave. I remember that draft and that killed me. I hated that pick. Absolutely hated that pick. You know, I didn't. I didn't like the Derek Barnett pick. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't. Yeah. I didn't like that pick either. That 2017 draft was trash. But here's the thing: the guy in New York right now, by the name of Joe Douglas, was the one here at that time. So we can't put all that on Howie Roseman, right? Joe Douglas was here because of that, right? Because yeah. of that. So I mean, <laughs> Andre Whiteside caught a nothing at McDonald's on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Joe, Joe Douglas is entering year two in New York, and Jets fans already want him fired. Isn't that crazy? They think, they think that everything that happened in Philly was smoke and mirrors. Uh, it, 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 it might have been. It might have been. Exactly. It might but, have been but, lightning in a bottle. But you know what, Dave? Like, here's a good. Dan says Jonathan Williams should have been the pick, right? I mean, listen, this is how you set a franchise back. This is the problem. A whole entire draft, an entire Donnell Pumphrey, an entire draft is gone. You can't waste an entire draft. It's absolutely mind-boggling. It really is. Uh, almost every day, play action rounds on it. Didn't make the linebackers move at all. Uh, you well, know, Linebackers aren't going to move on play action if you haven't established the run. Come on. You have to establish the run. That's the problem. Right, you got to establish the run, and we didn't do it. It's like, it's like you mean seventeen. You want to come out first play of the game and go play action when you haven't run the ball yet this season. Come on. What's that, John? The Haskins could have went play action. They at least ran the ball, even though it was only two point two yards per carry. They still, hey. they still put, you still run the rock. You're still going to get them sliding in. Hey, I, I actually feel like the one takeaway that we could have from Sunday is. If the Eagles don't turn the ball over, that that defense could be scary. Now, now, granted, it was the Redskins, but John, to your point, two point two yards a carry, and, and really not a whole heck of a lot through the air at all either. Well, that brings us to big day for Rodney, Rodney McLeod. Listen, there was a lot of question marks. I was one of them. You know, is Rodney McLeod going to be able to take over that role for Malcolm Jenkins? Is he going to be able to be the defensive captain over there? Is a, I mean, is a secondary good? He played a hell of a game, right? Your right. Test right. Is this week, you got the Rams. And, I get and, it. 
you you got a real test this weekend. And- well, but you know what, Dave? I, you know I, I'm going to disagree because any anybody in NFL is a test. Okay, especially when you talk about an abbreviated offseason, a season where you had no preseason, you had no training camp. And I understand that everybody had the same thing, but I'm talking everybody in general, not just the Eagles. Every game, we've seen this. This is an NFC East game against a completely different coaching staff, completely different. So guess what? I'm, I'm not taking this as, you know, like a slum here. I'm taking this as a really, really good test. I am, and yeah, we will be tested more against the Rams, but... Rodney McLeod, this this was his highest cover grade since 2017. I mean, that's a big game for Rodney McLeod. It's a big seven. You can have Rodney McLeod and Darius Slay back there. I mean, balling. You're you're right, Mike. To your point, this could be a really good defense. I I still don't know where the pass rush is coming from. Besides, you know, on the ends, I like Malik Jackson had a great game. Right, he oh, really here, did. Here's, here's what I'll say about this week is. I wasn't overly impressed with the Rams on Sunday night. I actually, I, I really wasn't overly impressed with the Rams or the Cowboys on Sunday night. But, what happened to the Cowboys line, by the way? Wow. Yeah, I'll tell you what happened to it. His name's, uh, what's his name? Donald? Aaron Donald. Yeah. I, that's what happened to it. Wait till you see what he does to the Eagles line. <laughs> yes, Dave. That's yeah. what I was thinking. It's a possibility. Yeah. Aaron Donald is the best football player in the NFL. There is no one, no one better than what that kid is capable of. He's that's a, a, that's he's a dominant. big statement. He's dominant. You watch him, he's dominant. He's he's the closest thing to Reggie White and Lawrence Taylor that we've seen. He's that forceful. Wow. Dave, that, yeah, that's, that's impressive. I mean, Dave's not wrong, but even that being said, Offensively, I, I really wasn't impressed with them offensively, but I, I will say this. They're going to test Rodney because if, if you don't think that they're going to run Tyler Higby at him 15, 20 times and, and see if they can't spring that tight end up the seam, it, it'll be interesting for sure. Oh, they're, they're, listen, they're definitely. I mean, I know what Dan said, what talent does watch to have Tony other than McLaren. Don't, he agrees with me. <laughs> don't overvalue a slow McLaren. Listen, I'm not overvaluing him. What I'm saying is, you listen, you you're, you have a guy who's come in and play a position. You know, he's playing the same position, but he's playing in a different capacity. So I don't care who they're playing. This isn't Pee Wee football. This is a real NFL team, and you have a schemer over there. You have two coaches that have a ton of friggin' experience in Jack Del Rio. So everybody keeps talking about the players. Well, why don't you look at the coaches? Because we all know the coaches matter, okay? The coaches matter. So this is probably one of the best coach teams they're going to play all friggin' year, okay? So we can take all that out of the equation about players and superstar status and stuff. Who cares? It's about the coaches and it's about the system. And those coaches, I'll tell you what, are pretty impressive to me. Uh, you know, wh- whether you have Ron, Riverboat Ron, or Zach Del Rio, you've seen them right there. They were head-to-head all game. So I- I'll tell you what, I-, I was impressed by our secondary. It is going to be a big test this week, obviously. Uh, Andre's already guaranteeing the Eagles win on Sunday. It's 2020. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I like how you throw it's a 2020 in there because, I, you know, I don't know if I'm about guarantees. Okay, but what I will ask is this is where we got to get an interesting conversation because I don't want to get like I don't want to sit for an hour and talk about the Eagles and what they should have done and hindsight 2020. We already listen. We already know what's coming for. Right. We already know what what team we're playing on Sunday. We get it. Here's the question I want to ask. I want to get into something good here. Okay, you've seen the reports. Okay, and you know where I'm going with this. 
right? Allen Robertson or OBJ, okay? These are two guys that could be available right now. Could be is what I say because obviously you never know. Allen Robinson supposedly has requested a trade. We'll see what happens because he wants to get paid. Odell Beckham Jr. was silent again in Cleveland. Now they finally are they're trying to shop him again. You know, Dave or John, you've been a man of of, of the least amount of words tonight. Let's start with the the black and gold up there because we're gonna get into Pittsburgh a little later because I was highly impressed by my man Juju. Every, everybody told me he wasn't gonna have it again and got two touchdowns, but. Allen Robinson, Odell Beckham Jr., yes or no? Either one, would you take either one, one more than the other? You're giving up the draft capital for him. What are you doing? I will take either. I want Robinson over OBJ. And, yeah, the question always comes down to draft capital. But, you know, we you touched on the, the Eagles' history in the drafts recently. So if you're talking about giving up draft capital that you're going to waste anyway, Yes, I would do it. But you have you got to be careful with OBJ because he is a, another TO. He can be spectacular. He'll make five one-handed catches and drop two-handed balls. He won't show up when you need him in the big time, but yet in a blowout, he'll put up 200 yards and, and start having a, a birthday party for himself. <laughs> so, OBJ, I'm, the D-I-V-A. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. We're not going to talk about what kind of party we'll so, be having either. Al, but Alan Robinson, Ooh. man, he's he's a hard worker. I love it, Rob. Uh, and you look at what he's done with the quarterback play in Chicago, even before you know, even before that. Like uh, Alan Robinson would be the guy. Now, do you pay the draft capital? I don't even know what the asking price would be, but I say yes to either. Uh, dude, with the way the Eagles offense looks, dude, it's like a clown show anyway. Bring OBJ on. I, I Listen, I have no problem with Odell Beckham Jr., Okay, and and I know you know people. I you know Dan's already checking in saying he's a cancer. I get it. Obviously, the better guy to get is Allen Robinson. But if, you know, listen, if you, if they're going to try to haggle you with like a, a first or second round pick for Allen Robinson, and you could get OBJ for like a fourth or a fifth, I'm going to take Odell. And I, and I get he's got a big number. I understand that, but Robinson's going to want a bigger number. Okay, we already know we're we're, we're going to be in cap hell. When it comes to next year, we already know all about that. Odell Beckham Jr. can still play. He can still play. He, you know, when, when T.O. came here, you know, we heard all about him being a cancer. We hold, and, and he inevitably probably was. But guess what? He almost won us a Super Bowl on a broken friggin' leg. Okay, not to quote our, our boy Mike, Mr. Kurt, a- Mr. Kurt Angle, the Olympic gold medalist, <laughs> with a broken friggin' neck. Okay, he almost won a Super Bowl with a broken friggin' leg. Okay, so we can say what we want. So I will take OBJ any day. Listen, listen to what we're looking at right now, right? Look at this receiving core. I mean, what are we looking at, boys? It's trash. It's garbage right now. Absolute garbage. Jalen Rager, listen, maybe he's good. I, I don't know. Okay, but but he, he had a good play, a decent game, maybe. Okay, again, against Washington. I don't know. Let's see what he does, but... We need Carson needs somebody. I finally figured it out. Carson needs somebody, and he can't be the guy. McNabb was able to be the guy with guys like James Thrash and Todd Pinkston. I don't think Carson can be the guy. I think Carson needs a guy. Am okay. I right, Mike? What do you think? Or Dave? Okay, Dave. Does Carson need a guy? 
Yeah, I mean, listen, they, they've already showed us with the right uh, ingredients, this recipe works with Doug Peterson and the right parts around him. They've already proven that they can do it. You know, um, the right ingredients are not there right now. Unfortunately, I hate to say it, but, you know, I'll take both of those receivers. I don't care if we give away next year's whole draft pick. We suck at drafting anyway. So give me both of those receivers. Now, obviously, I'm kidding about giving away all next year's draft, but, you know, I'm tired of saying let's hold on to the draft picks and not get free agents when we don't do a good enough job with our draft picks. So we lost on Amari Cooper. We lost on um, Mika Fitzpatrick. Um, it looks like – where's Clowney at? Did he even line up for a team last night or the other day? Tennessee. He signed Tennessee. He signed Tennessee. So we lost another. And he he looks like trash too, by the way. Uh, I, I I would say give him a couple weeks to get his legs under him. He'll be killing no, people I, I soon. Um, but I mean, I'm tired. Don't tell me that we can't get these guys because we're worried about giving away draft picks. Don't do that. No, you can't. We we could definitely get these guys, and and either one of these guys is a total upgrade under everything that we have. Andre says we don't have enough strip clubs in Philly for OPJ. He will fit. Yeah, he, he definitely would fit the ATL a lot better. We, we that's for damn sure. Okay, no. but. Right, but 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 real fast, Mike. Go to you in a second. Two different types of athletes. OBJ is it, right. I I agree. I'm just talking about from a mental aspect. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah. No, I was going to say. I, I think there, there's there's two factors here. I, I think number one is if you assume that some combination of Jalen Rager and Deshaun Jackson are, are going to be able to play the roles that they are supposed to play then Allen Robinson is the much better fit for this offense. Um, I'm not going to, not going to shy away from OBJ. Um, but if there was ever a year to actually worry about what you'd have to give up in draft capital, this is the year because you're going to be so far into cap hell that you're going to need to actually so, you know, draft and sign guys next year just because of the economics of the situation. Oh, without a doubt. So and that's that's one of the biggest issues. Yeah, it's you really have to, you know, you have to take a look at the the situation. Now, interesting, Dan just commented and said, Ertz is capital. Cleveland also just lost David and Joku for the season. So. Am I open to trading Ertz? Maybe. Am I open to trading Goddard? Maybe. But here's the thing. Right now, you're kind of in a position of strength if you offer a trade because they've made it clear they don't want OBJ around or OBJ doesn't want to be there. So if you're offering a Zach Ertz to, you know, to Cleveland for Odell Beckham Jr., and it's a number two. Be Odell Beckham Jr. plus. Yes. I, I want I either want a draft pick back or I want another player. No, I agree. And and the Ertz, you know, Dan took the words right out of my mouth. I was gonna bring that up because Ertz isn't gonna sign here, fellas. It's over. That right, that 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 ship has passed. I did not want to sign him anyway. No no disrespect to Zach Ertz. I love Zach Ertz, but 
he's he's getting to be that number 30 year old age okay and and mike you've talked about it we have a ton of draft or a ton of contracts coming up we already have cap hell in front of us, and we can't afford to take a 30-year-old tight end and pay him 18 to $20 million like Austin Hooper is getting. So we can't do that. So why not use him and dangle him, dangle that carrot, right? We already know that there's issues. Listen, Zachary's turned a contract down two years ago, fellas, two years ago. If, if it, Listen, if he turned it down two years ago, he's going to turn it down again. He wants to be the highest-paid tight end in football. That's what he wants. That's why he's not getting the deal, and I'm not paying him that way. I'm not. You know, Dallas Goddard looked phenomenal. Now, I get it was only one week. I get it with Dan, before you chime in, I know it was a Washington football team. I get it. But what I will say is he looked a little more mobile than he was last year. His routes were more crisper. His hands looked tighter, and he looked like he had an extra step. So maybe he wants it, right? Maybe he wants it more. And I'll tell you what, Howie Rosen was probably looking at that going, hmm, interesting. Maybe maybe we do have the air apparent. Am I right? So, John, OBJ, Zach Ertz, what, what more? Obviously, it can't be a straight-up deal. Okay, but Zach Ertz, is there a problem dangling Zach Ertz for a guy like Robinson or OBJ? Oh, no problem at all. He's got that's that's what you do. That's the name of the game. You have an older player that's still worth something. You get rid of him and get a you know an up and coming player or an equally better. Look, at, no doubt OBJ has his warts on his resume. You know what I mean? So, but to be able to get that type of talent and shed that salary, even though you're taking another one on, you know, much younger, you know, much, I mean, I don't know how much more Ertz has in the tank. So yeah, you, I mean, you definitely dangle it and you even push it a little bit. If it's not OBJ, it's somewhere else for something else. And, And either one of those guys helped this offense right off the bat. And it gives Carson, that guy they need. So, listen, more will come out, obviously. Uh, Andre's got a good comment, a natural progression. This is what I've been saying, right? Ertz has the ring now. He wants some money. Let him go get what he needs to be successful. This is the way it works, right? I mean, the guy, you draft the guy to be the next guy, right? And this is th- this is one of the moves the Eagles actually got right, right? They actually drafted somebody right in order to take that next step. So, uh, you know, it's only natural, and you can't pay everybody uh dancing saw article for Zach earth for zach martin i think that was trash i seen that too um sorry i'm not trading them to the cowboys you know it's coming yeah, after cowboys will ask us what we're smoking on that one right exactly you know i know blake jarwin it's terrible tears his acl a lot of lot a lot of bad injuries in week one marlon mack lost but let's transition right now we, we uh, listen we, we just talked for 38 minutes about the eagles we know what they have to do uh before you know we get to some phillies talking maybe even add some Sixers NFL week one uh, you know I just want to go around real fast guys I mean it, to me it was I, I was so excited finally getting to watch it I'm a red zone guy right so I had to fill the, the uh, Eagles up on a big screen I had red zone on the small screen obviously I was watching my fast team by the way finished number two boys in the NFL expert league so I'm very proud to say that John I I, I would have made you proud uh, so yes, if Deshaun Jackson would have caught one freaking ball more, I'd have won the whole goddamn thing. I lost by seven tenths of a point. Ridiculous. <laughs> right. Sean, Deshaun's over there stretching on a sideline. <laughs> and I'm thinking, yo, come on, man. I just need one. Just need one. But uh, listen, week one, boys, was great. 
It really was. It showed us a lot. It did. I mean, listen, that, that Minnesota-Green Bay game was like fireworks. Uh, you know, we talked about Atlanta being a fantasy team, not an NFL team. Matt Ryan throws for 450 yards. But, John, I'll start with you. Who was the – what was one of the biggest things, maybe biggest surprises to you, and I'm going to put you on the spot, in week one? Could be a team, could be a player, whatever. What You know, I know you watched all the games. You've seen a lot of things. What do you think was the biggest surprise to you in week one? I'm going to have to go with DeAndre Hopkins getting the usage that he did. Because, look, I mean, we all know the type of talent that he is and what he, you know, his resume speaks to in Houston. But you go to a new team with a young quarterback who already has a Hall of Famer in Larry Fitzgerald, was already building a relationship with uh, Christian Kirk as his to-be number one receiver. You got You got Drake in the backfield that likes to catch balls. And I was just shocked at how much they fed Hopkins. Or I shouldn't say they, Kyler fed Hopkins. I would not have expected. I mean, I, he had a career high in receptions first first game with Arizona. So I would have to say that would be one of the most memorable or, you know, surprising things that I saw. Yeah, Mike, Chris what about you, Kirk Mike? Got neglected. Yeah, he'll be okay. Chris and Kirk will be okay. Catch? I, I think uh, he had two. I think he had not two. Much. Yeah. So what about you, Mike? Biggest big, biggest surprise week one. Um, biggest surprise for me is, holy shnikes, Aaron Rodgers looks like he's about five years younger. <laughs> I mean, he was straight up slinging it. I mean, the fastball was there. He's throwing it all over the place. He's got some heat. He's putting the ball in windows. I mean, that Green Bay offense took him about a quarter to get rolling, but once they got rolling, man, Rodgers, he looked like he was five, six years younger. Yeah, he was he was very mobile. He was throwing across his body. He was throwing darts at the back of the end zone. Devontae Adams. I mean, it was it, it was it was a thing of beauty. Against a Minnesota team who wasn't supposed to be that bad. Was, oh, I mean, right? <laughs> It just cracks me up that every time Green Bay drafts a quarterback, Rodgers just, like, goes nuts that year. Yeah, he, he visited the Fountain of Youth in the offseason. That's for damn sure. Unbelievable. What about you, Dave? Biggest surprise of week one. Uh, I, I'd like to touch on both what John and Mike said. I think, for me, DeAndre Hopkins, Kyler Murray, I was excited because I drafted DeAndre Hopkins in my fantasy. So I, that worked out very well, and I think that's going to be huge. Um, Aaron Rodgers. I just talked about him the other day. Um, he might be the most talented quarterback that ever played the game. Uh, overall, his mental game, his physical ability, he's just he just might be that guy. I know he only has one ring. I get all that, but if you're if you're molding and and putting a brain in a quarterback and all that other stuff, the arm, the legs, whatever, building it, it turns out to be Aaron Rodgers, in my opinion. Um, but I'll go to the Cleveland Browns and Baker Mayfield. He stinks. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, um, and, I, and I'm going well, to. I love, I love the comment there from, from Cito. He says, about the Browns, what did you like? I like the fact that they only scored six points because I had the Ravens defense in all my fantasy leagues. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm going to go back to that draft. I, I, Look at Dave. I, got a co Is that Stephen A. talking? Yeah. I love it. <laughs> 
So I'll go back to that draft, right? I think they had the – I know they had the number one. Yes. And I think they had the number, number four. four. Yep. Right? So I said this to Tony. I don't know if we said it on the air or not, but I would have taken – I would have done – and look how it looks now. Saquon Barkley, number one overall, and I would have taken Jared Allen. And that leads me into my second point. How did Jared Allen look for the Buffalo Bills the other day? You mean Josh Allen? Uh, excuse me, Josh Allen. I'm sorry. I, li, li, yo, listen. Boggy. I'm a Josh Allen guy. I like you know. I like Josh Allen. Yo, guess what his percentage? You know what his percentage rate was yesterday? Seventy-one point three. Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't care. It was the Jets. I don't. You know, a Dan Dan went to bed. A Dan a Dan would have probably texted him right now, saying, "Oh, it was only the Jets." Doesn't matter. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Seventy-one percent, and he ran with his legs again. Listen, I'm gonna tell you what, man. Buffalo, I, I I said this. I I did a pregame show. Buffalo for me is going to the AFC Championship game. Tell you that right well, now. Seven, 71 percent. Uh, thank you, Stephon Diggs. Right, eight for eighty-six. So, Stephon Diggs. When you, act, when you actually have a wide receiver that attracts the attention of the defense and opens things up for other guys. Yeah. But the problem was everybody kept saying, oh, you know, Josh Allen can't throw. He has no accuracy. Can't do this. Can't do that. Listen, man, I'm telling you, the, the, the kid worked on it. He's got a hell of a receiving core out there. You know, he, he does. John Brown caught another touchdown. You know, everybody said, John, listen, he's got the weapons, man. He's got the weapons. But, Dave, I I disagreed with you, and I st- I, I get it's hindsight 2020, but, you know, I, I'm going to give you one thing about Baker Mayfield. He doesn't stink. Right. <laughs> One thing I will give him this, this is the difference between Baker Mayfield and Matt Leinart. Matt Leinart stunk. Right. Matt Leinart stunk. Matt Leinart, what he wanted to do is hang out the Playboy Mansion and smoke cigars. Okay. Baker Mayfield, there was one play, and I mentioned this earlier. If you, I don't know if you guys seen this, but it was a first and goal or a third and goal at the one. They handed off to Kareem Hunt. And the whole offensive line is pushing. What does Baker Mayfield do? Dives himself onto the ground with all his shoulders, and he's pushing the center, trying to get Kareem Hunt in the end zone. To me, that's the intangibles of Baker Mayfield. He may be lost right now. He doesn't stink. I'll tell you, he doesn't stink. Let's talk about Baker in week six and see where he's at. Kevin Stefanski will get him back on track. I, I do not think Baker Mayfield stinks at all. I really don't. I hope you're. I hope I'm, you're right. I'm, I'm just glad he's in the AFC North. Put it that way. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Listen, uh, you know Baker Mayfield, the guy from Florida Gators who played for the Broncos. Uh, you know, says yeah, Josh Allen. What what happened? What happened to Saquon Barkley? He's on my fans team. Listen, you know Andre just checked about how ineffective Barkley was. Was a surprise against Pittsburgh. Me too. Uh, well, I'm waiting for one explosion. I think he had like minus two yards at one point, man. I, I don't I don't blame Saquon for that at all. I, I blame the fact that I think everybody knew coming in that the Giants were going to pass block very well, but they weren't going to run block. And they ran into one of the better defenses they're going to see all year in the Pittsburgh Steelers. That is true. That was a hell of a defense. Hey, here's the thing. At least – from a fantasy perspective, Saquon wasn't a complete loss. He did pick he, up some some receptions and some reception yardage. So he but, did. Uh, Tone, I wanted to go back to that that piece on Detroit. Um, so it was maybe three, four episodes ago. We were we were all talking about the uh, the group of guys from St. Joe's Prep that were 
coming into the NFL this year with Runyon's kid, John Reed and DeAndre Swift. And how much did it suck that DeAndre Swift basically dropped the game winning touchdown wide open? Oh, dude, it was horrible. It was horrible. I, I I mean literally, and it, it wasn't like it hit it. It was in his hands. Or, or John, John's just shaking his head. Dave's laughing, and John's just shaking his head. John probably had him in a DFS play or something. That's probably I, why. no. I did not, but I mean, dude, my heart just went out to the guy. I mean, <laughs> it's right, it's right there. I mean, it, it, it's Christmas time. You got a present. I hope they sh- caught him. You shatter the Faberge egg. Now, wait a minute. Sano's got the, 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 the comment of the night so far. Baker is a tough SOB, and he has an Albert Bell attitude. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> is it Albert? Don't call me Joey. Right? I mean, like, like, like here's the thing. Here's the thing, and I, and I see Andre checking in with, whoa, Buffalo, sneaky team. Buffalo plays all 60 minutes. The thing I like about Buffalo is, number one, I, I've said this on the show. I was wrong about McDermott. He, he, he is a hell of a coach. He, he brought a great culture in, and their defense is vastly underrated, man. There's a, you know, Tredavious White is one of the best corners of football. That's why they paid him a lot of money. Tremaine Edwards is a very, very good uh, linebacker. Matt Milano, a very good linebacker. Jerry Hughes, a very good defensive pass rusher. They have a lot of weapons. But one of my things I was shocked at, shocked, was Phillip Rivers throwing a ball 46 times in Indianapolis. Now, I get Marlon Mack got injured. I understand that. But you still have a rookie in Jonathan Taylor. You still have Naheem Hines, who, for my money, is every bit of Danny Woodhead in 2013 for this team. He is going to catch 85 balls easy at that position. It's going to be ridiculous. But what is Frank Reich thinking? I, I, you know, you bring Phillip Rivers in, who we already know, <laughs> Right, you bring all the way over like forty six yeah. times. You're like, what is Frank Wright thinking? It's Doug Peterson. Yeah, you can't play. he called Doug and got his playbook from him. Yeah. He must have done so. I don't know what the hell he was doing. P school. I I don't get it. I, I, That's I very that was out of pocket for for Frank Wright too. Like Frank Wright is the guy that wanted that ran the football when he was yes. Here. He was in Dougie's ear. Run blunt. Put him in and run him. And, and so that was very uh, disappointing. I agree with you. Yeah, that, that 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 shocked the hell out of me. It did. And, you know, listen, John, you'll know what I'm talking about here. You know, before the show, I, I went live doing some fancy stuff. And one of my stacks at DFS was, you know, anybody in the Colts playing against Jacksonville because they stink. And yeah. that game was horrible from a fancy perspective. I mean, you would have th- thought that Indianapolis would have put up monster points and they didn't, man. It was crazy. I mean, Naheem Hines had a great game. But, uh, you know, one of the other things that surprised me was, you know, who would have thought that Melvin Gordon, I know Philip Lindsay got hurt, but Melvin Gordon looks like the real deal. And who would have thought that Joshua Kelly would be stealing carries already from Austin Eckler? John, what the hell is going on in San Diego? I mean, are these coaches just out thinking themselves here? I'm some of it. First of all, it's L.A. <laughs> I, know, I know, I know. I, 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 I can't I, get that shit I, right, I'll, man. I'll get the Washington football team wrong. They're still the Oakland Raiders. I'm, yes. dude, I'm, I'm right. Screw it. Yeah, for the heat ratio, they're grandfathered. Screw yeah, it. Exactly. I agree. Uh, look, Kelly looked good. He did. I mean, he did not look like Justin Jackson back there. He looked like he could be an NFL running back. He did. 
Now, I will say it's the Bengals' defense. We don't quite know what's there, all right? But as Tony would say, well, they're still an NFL team. So yeah. <laughs> we'll, leave it, we'll leave it at that. But our damn. Kelly, Kelly looked good, but, I mean, Eckler still got the carries. It's, the, whole, the whole Chargers offense is going to be different with Tyrod under center instead of Phillip Rivers. And, you know, you, we mentioned Phillip Rivers and how much he passed last, you know, this, for week one. But very common to Phillip Rivers, he had 18 of the passes to the running backs. So you could say 46 attempts. All right, 46 attempts. Well, that was, you know what I mean? When you actually look at when he threw the ball to not a running back. And that's kind of the difference where we'll see how much work is, you know, Eckler is going to get in the passing game. Like it's not going to be like it has been in the past years um, for the Chargers. You mean Philip Rivers doesn't mind to use the check down? I, I, he should call Carson and teach him how to do that. Yeah, yeah I agree. They should set up a Zoom call. Maybe they can. Maybe they can have a Zoom call and they could drink smoothies, right? Yeah. And they could talk. They could talk it all over, right? Who knows? Look, uh, well, well, hold on. We have That's our first. <laughs> look, we have our first bot to the show. Thank you. I want to become famous. Hey, anybody want to become famous? You can buy followers right now. Our first bro, bot I, has entered ability. <laughs> look at that. I'll just say to that bot, like, bro, I am famous. Come yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sato Jackson, love you, God. Glad to tune in all the time. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. Oh, Mike, Sato wants us to talk cornhole, just so you know. So, you know, I we, we got a re- I got a request this morning for Big Mikey Swalls. We talk of some cornhole. So we might have to set up a little cornhole segment eventually. Uh, Man, some I'll people call what, for that. I say we play against each other. See? Well, okay. First off, I'm whooping all your asses on that. Damn. Um, you know what? You ain't seen me throw a bag yet, brother. So relax. Relax all that talk. <laughs> all right. I smell a challenge. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> wow, I mean, Cito... Cito legit is a is a professional cornhole player, and he does a podcast about cornhole, which was it was pretty awesome. And I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, the guest on his podcast this week is uh, I God, his name is escaping me, but I think he goes by like the twenty dollars chef, something like that. Okay, and. Uh, He's a guy who was like on the the Food Network or the Cooking Channel or something like that, but he's also like an aspiring pro cornhole player. Well, you got you got Sato fired up now, man. Look, he's like, let's go. I'll play you all for real. Like he's ready to throw some bags already. I, you know what I mean? He's all ready to throw some bags. We're gonna have, to have like a, uh, a a heat ratio uh, cornhole tournament or something, man. See, I'll get that. See you at conference. We'll talk. Yeah, what the what, what's the guy's name? John Hershock or whatever is it? We'll have to. Uh, we'll ha- oh, there you go. Look, he's bringing in uh, no, Sean Latham, Barcelona Sports. Yeah, that's but, that's the that's the twenty dollars chef. So yeah. But yeah, man, listen. I mean, get back Phil Rivers. Uh, he's Charles Barkley, the NFL. He won't ever win a chip. Listen, I, listen. You never know, man. You know this guy. This could be his last year. I, I don't know what else he has left. I really don't. But what about Michael Thomas? Getting like no points, John. Michael Thomas, like I, I, I he hurt his ankle, but that was towards the end of the game. But Alvin Kamara, man, he almost had three touchdowns. They don't call that last one back. And he was on, he was on a roll, man. He was absolutely on a roll. But my MVP, Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs had a game, right? I'll tell you what. 
I got lucky. I had Josh Jacobs. I had Robbie Anderson. I had uh, – uh, I was almost said Javon Walker instead of Devontae Adams. I was. I just had a flashback. Javon Walker. Javon Walker. What the hell is going on? I'm going to need to get checked for corona or something. I don't know what the hell is going on. But, uh, but yeah, <laughs> I should have said that. But sorry, anybody got corona. But, uh, no, like – <laughs> But no, put yeah. putting the ass in class right now. Tell yeah, you. I know, man. I know, man. I'm really, you know, somebody take it away, man. I got to control myself over here. Uh, so <laughs> real quick, maybe, uh, maybe we could introduce a, uh, a new segment weekly to sort of tie in with the fantasy stuff that we do. Um, I like it. Who was everyone's highest scoring fantasy player last Ooh. week? Who I well, I know for me personally, it was I it was um was that yeah Adams was higher than Jacob. So for me it was Devontae Adams. He was my highest guy that I had last year in my DFS leagues. So it's but, funny you had you had Devontae Adams. My high man was Aaron Rodgers. So Okay, yeah. I mean they, listen they go hand in hand. Yeah, absolutely. John, what about you? Look, I'm I'm gonna go with you know my my Pittsburgh league running 25 years strong. I dude, I had the trio of Adams, Ridley, and Hopkins all going for me. Which <laughs> were three of the top four receivers for the week. So I, I ain't picking one. I'm, I'm taking my trio. I like right, it. You can do that. How about you, Dave? What you have, man? I think my guy was um, DeAndre Hopkins was my leading receiver. Yeah, that's right. Or yeah, leading player. What about bust? Bust of the week. For me, it was Austin Eckler. <coughs> Killed me. I did not expect him to. I mean, playing Cincinnati, uh, I, I did not expect that to happen at all, man, at all. I thought I thought that was an easy 20-point game, in my opinion. So I did not expect that. How about you, John? Who's your bust of the week? I'm going with another trio. Sorry. I know you're asking for one, but, um, you know, having James John's Connor – John's a threesome kind of guy. I, I am. James Conner, <laughs> Lev, Lev Bell, and Marlon Mack. Yep. Lev Bell out. Marlon Mack out. Right? I mean, it's just, it, you know, it just follows suit. What about you, Mike? Uh, two leagues. One, it killed me. One, it did not. Mark Ingram, 2.9 points against the Cleveland Brown Stains. And wait, who scored the touchdown for Baltimore? Was it Dobbins? Yes. Was it? Okay. Everybody kept telling me. I I, I I battled people on Twitter all week when I said that it was going to be a split. Oh, no, you're crazy. Crazy. Mark Ingram's team. Mark Ingram. Yeah, okay. What, Go check that people, again. Why would people say it's Mark Ingram's it, team? Did they not watch Gus Edwards, like, ex- snake carries from him the last two years? Exactly, man. I, I don't understand where people get their information from. I have no idea, man. And Twitter trolls, bro. Twitter trolls. What can you say? Uh, tw- 28 points from Thielen. That was a big day. Uh, uh, Cito checks in. It's funny. I had a uh, <clears throat> one, of, one of my leagues, I actually had my two starting wide receivers were DeAndre Hopkins and Adam Thielen. Wow. It's a big week. How about you, Dave? You have a big bust? Um, yeah, Devontae Parker I wasn't happy with, and but I did start Lev Bell, too. And I had Kareem Hunt on the bench, and I had Darius Slayton on the bench, and, and, and Brown, Baltimore's receiver. So 
Um, I don't know why I decided to go with Devontae Parker, but I, I did, and he he laid an egg. What? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Dave. I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at the comments. That's Listen, this was – one of those weeks, week one, usually in fantasy, you know, you have to temper expectations. But I'll tell you, there was a lot of huge games this week on fantasy guys. I mean, tremendous yeah. games. It really was. You know I'll tell you what, though. It was hard to make decisions without uh, the benefit of a preseason. I scored that 130 points and lost by 40. The team I played against put 170 points up. They had yeah, Russell Wilson. They had Russell Wilson, and uh, I forget who else they had. But I'm like, holy mackerel! Like 130 points in a PPR league is pretty good. That's not bad. Yeah, no. no. I, I my my two quarterback league, I put up 201 and lost. <laughs> like I, I got beat like 217 to 201. My guy, it was I was literally winning by a half a point. My guy had no offense. At the uh, you know, for Denver in that last game on Monday night, love no offense. Speaking of love, can we give Joe Barrow some love tonight, man? Let me tell you something. I, I, I don't know if you guys watched that last two minute drive by Joe Barrow, but that's an NFL quarterback right there. I, I, I know he plays for the Bengals, but I'll tell you what, you know, that, that Casey Hayward should be ashamed of himself between him and J- Jalen Ramsey. I don't know who flops the worst. Uh, you know, but I'll tell you what, that 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 the AJ Green the end zone, uh, you know, that was a touchdown. You know, because I, I, Joe Burrow, he was no wristband, called his own plays. He was out there balling, boys. He, and, and I'll tell you, Cincinnati got them got themselves a quarterback. Say what you want, but they got themselves a quarterback. So I mean, was anybody else watch that game? Anybody else impressed by Joe Burrow? Surprised, oh, I should say. I mean, is it Mike? Is it surprising? Uh, did, did you expect him to come in right away? No, not like that. Right. I mean, and, and it's it's still one game, and it's still his rookie year, so I'm not ready to crown him yet. But he he looked way more poised and in control than I thought he would be. Yeah, he looked he looked very very polished. The, he, he did. Yeah, the, and the no preseason ability, games. The physical ability wasn't going to be a question. It was. Could the mental part, you know, was the mental part going to catch up to the physical part? But, I mean, right out of the gate, he seems fine. Now, what about when we talk about, and I know we didn't do a show because we decided to watch the game instead. CEH, man, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire goes off for the Kansas City Chiefs in the first game of the NFL season. And this is going to continue week in and week out. Uh, you know, it, it really is. This, this is what this kid is. Andy Reid's going to fall in love with him. And I'll tell you what, whether you draft him on your fantasy team or not, he is going to be exciting. Well, I didn't realize he was so small I, and, and so compact. I really didn't. I thought he was a bigger back, uh, but I was shocked. And I'll tell you what, what about on the flip side with, with, with Deshaun Watson and the Texans? I mean, you see what DeAndre Hopkins did. He sure would have been able to use DeAndre Hopkins in that game, wouldn't he? I mean, what what the hell? We talked about what the hell O'Brien was thinking, you know, with David Johnson, who did look better. David Johnson looked better. But I'll tell you what, man, you know, that offense for Houston is completely different without DeAndre Hopkins. 
Brandon Cooks came up super small. Will Fuller dropping passes. Kenny Stills dropping passes. Wait, no what? help. Will, Will Fuller dropped passes? Imagine that. Well, he actually was on the field. you know. So maybe that's what happened. He's not used to actually freaking playing because he's always hurt. But, you know, it's just another surprise to me. What, you know, we all knew how it was going to play out, but you could see it right there. What about did anybody catch that throw by Mitch Trubisky to Anthony Miller to win that game? I mean, I don't know if any of you guys caught that, but that, I was shocked at that pass. It was a very pretty pass, and it was right on the money. So there are a lot of, a lot of interesting things that happened in week one. Uh, you know, in the NFL, but let's transition because, you know, for our last few minutes, I want to talk a little baseball because Mike, you called it. I know it came out today with Reese Hoskins. You know, the Phillies were actually gaining some momentum. Reese, you know, listen, I, you know, Mike was an advocate. I was killing him, right? Looked like he had it. You know, he was out with a UCL strain, but is it right? Mike, are we talking about Tommy John surgery for Reese Hoskins? Yeah, it's- I actually just posted something on social media right before the show started that only in 2020 could you lose a first baseman to Tommy John surgery in his non-throwing arm. It's the, the position on the field that throws the ball less than any other to Tommy John surgery in a non-throwing arm. But yes, it's, they are uh, they're going to do everything they can to avoid the surgery. But if he does have to go under the knife, it is, in fact, Tommy John surgery, the UCL. Wow. That sucks. That sucks yeah. because we all know, you know we're talking about money, right? We're talking about a contract. You know, that, that was his listen. That was his shot, right? If he would have continued on the, you know, on, on the path he was. He was going to force their hand to well, get they, paid. I mean, they still control his rights for a couple of years. I mean, and he's still cheap, but. But this right. could be a two-year injury. Yeah, I mean, that, well, that's that's the problem is that now, say he misses substantial time next year, now you're cutting into that time that he's controlled. But um, Phil's won, Marlins lost. So Phil's actually pick up uh, a, a game one of the games that they lost down there in, in Florida. Um, so do they leapfrog them in the standings? The playoffs. Do they leapfrog them in the standings now, Mike? Or they, I think they, yeah. I think the, uh, I think they're tied at this point or yeah, okay. the Phillies may have one more loss than the Marlins have games played or whatever, but it, it's just dumbfounding to me how the Marlins just have their number. Mm-hmm. Like, That's you, crazy. And the kicker to me was watching the little bits and pieces of it that I did on Sunday and Monday, the Phillies know it. <laughs> it's it's almost like they went out there and they played, you know, they played that single game Thursday. They played the doubleheader Friday. They played Saturday. And when they lost the second game of that doubleheader on Friday and then – you know, came back out and won another big one on Saturday. I think that was it. They just, they packed it up. They're like, yeah, you know, we got a couple more days in Miami here. We have no idea who's going to throw for us. So yeah, we're good. Listen, it's all going to be about the bullpen, man. Right. You know, can the, you know, it, 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 that's, that's just going to live or die, you know, for this team. It's, if they live or die, it's going to be on this bullpen. 
I mean, I, I don't understand why they are not using Jojo Romero in a starting role at this point. Starting I mean, I role. I, yeah. I mean, I understand they transitioned him to the bullpen this year, but the guy's been a starter all throughout his minor league career. And he's one of the few guys right now that's healthy and throwing gas. Why not give him another shot? Yeah, I, especially right now. I mean, it's not like Eflin setting the world on fire, right? So, well, I mean, you don't know what's going on with Wheeler. Yep. Now you don't know what's going on with Spencer Howard. Yeah, it's another one. So, I mean, this is this is a team that's going to make the playoffs, and, and they're going to wind up pulling up to the stadium in an ambulance to, to <laughs> like the Ghostbuster car. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's the it's the it's the weirdest thing. It's like the, the Philly curse or something. Like Wheeler loses his fingernail pulling his pants up. Out of uh, I mean, Tommy John in a non-throwing first baseman's arm. I mean, what you can't make this stuff up. It's the oddest stuff I've ever heard in my life, and so I feel like they're jinxed. Like like Philly teams and injuries. Like what's going on here? Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's, listen, 2020. Andre said it earlier. We've all said it. It's just such a really weird year. Mm-hmm. It really is. There's no, no other way to dice it up. So let's get out of here. Let's get out of here on this, boys. Let's talk about, I know it's only Tuesday. Okay. But we're not going to be, we're, you know, we transitioned from Monday to Tuesday because we like to watch Monday night football. So this gives us a chance to break down the entire week. But let's go predictions. We got to throw them out there next week. Eagles, Rams, do they win? What's the score? We don't have to go by betting lines right now because they're going to change drastically probably because of who plays and who starts. Lane Johnson says he is going to play. In what capacity? I'm not sure, right? Have no idea. But I'm going to be first. I'm going to say the Eagles lose. I hate to say it. I think the Eagles start off 0-2. I think that they're not going to get this line together enough. I still don't think this is fixable. Uh, you know, if Miles Sanders plays, I still think they're going to be very cautious with him if he plays at all. And I think there's something going on with Deshaun Jackson. So I'm not, uh, I'm not comfortable. I'm going to say the Eagles lose. I'll say 24 to 13. I'm going to go 24 13. Uh, Dave, what about you? What do you got for next week? Lost 28 seven. Wow. Wow. I thought I was bad. We're, we're like, that's a, Big time loss, 28-7. I'll tell you what, if it's 28-7, we're, we're going to have some serious issues. I mean, either way, we're lost serious issues, but that that's that's going to be a hefty score. What about you, John? What are you thinking? I'm going 27-24 birds. Week two is too often it's a reversal of week one. So I think as, as bad as things kind of ended up for week one, I think the Eagles pull, even though, yeah, all the signs, you see what happened week one both ways. No, I'm going birds, man. We're laughing at Andre's con 2020, <laughs> yeah. like mistaking the Pittsburgh clock for a wall art. <laughs> I love it. Mike, what do you got for this score, man? Well, I, I will say this. It is real difficult for a West Coast team to play a Sunday night game and then fly to the East Coast and play a 1 o'clock game on Sunday. Um, I, I'm a big believer in what John said that a lot, I mean, way too many times you see teams in the NFL start one and one, and it's literally just a flip the script of what happened the week before. So 
as much as I think it's going to be a tight game, I got to go with the birds. I'm going 28, 24 Eagles. I like it. So it's, it's exactly the way we're dialed up right now. It's me and Dave against John and Mike. So we will have to see. And Andre checks in. He's going Burrs 24-16. So uh, it looks like a lot of scores in the 20s. We'll see what happens. Uh, listen, I I hope the Eagles win, boys. I do. Just not, you know, obviously, because I, I bleed green. I'm just just not feeling it right now. I, I mean, I'm not feeling it. You know, listen, we've seen the same thing happen with Dallas. They did not look good. Uh, you know, the offensive line looked really bad. Who knows, man? It's 2020. Anything could happen. We just need Carson to get right. Uh, we really do, man. I'll be honest with you. That's that's the number one thing. Carson, need, and it's not health. Now it's it's his physical attributes that have to come back, man. We really need that. Mental but, health. Yeah, but, well, yeah, listen, a lot of people struggling out there with mental health now. You got that for damn sure. So, uh, but Mike, you know, before we go, I'm thinking about something. John's gonna like this one, but if if we can get a cornhole thing going, I'm thinking we need a little bowling segment too. Maybe I get my boy Pete Weber out here on the stream <laughs> just for John. Yeah, I love, look. <laughs> yeah, I'll get I'll get Woody Harrelson out here too. <laughs> a little kingpin action, man. Yeah, a little yeah. kingpin action. Yeah. Uh, but hey, look, look. I'll predict Ertz with two TDs and one to Jackson and a field goal. Okay. All right, uh, we'll see Andre, what happens. I hope Andre is right. I do. I hope I. Well, I don't I'll tell want you what. To lose ever, but Andre, Andre is going to. Andre is the. You know, we we nicknamed him for a bomb, so he's going to drop no woes bobs on the heat ratio tomorrow on Jigsaw's judgment. He's going to drop an a bomb. We talk what's, about the Sixers coaching what's staff. O- what's over under on Aaron Donald sacks? I'll I'll set it at four. Ooh. I'll set it at wow. four. Oh my god, four. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna say two Depends and a half. On who he's lining up across from? He lines uh, up everywhere. He lines up in, in, the, in several different spots. Interesting thing is that Jason Kelsey has actually had really good games against Aaron Donald. Mm-hmm. So Aaron Donald's actually zero three in his career. You know when, when Jason Kelsey plays against the Eagles. So I mean, listen, he he's manhandled him pretty well. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. We'll see because I did question Kelsey's play this week too. Uh, you know, because he just didn't Rightfully look like the so. same guy. What's that? Rightfully so. Yeah. I mean, you know, and, and listen, Dave, I think maybe all you guys agree. My, my biggest thing about Kelsey is a guy who, listen, tremendous, right? He was a very underrated player coming out, one of the best centers in football for many years. But, he, you know, he has pondered retirement the last two years. It's only natural that maybe sometimes you just don't have it. So, you know, and, and that could have been, Exactly what we're seeing for Kelsey. Three sacks. One will be a strip stumble, a bird's recover. Right? That's from Andre. But listen, we're going to get out of here, man. Everybody for checking in. Thank you so much. We were on 12 social platforms tonight, even on our new Twitch channel. So thank everybody. Even we were on Sportscaster tonight. We were on four different live streams. You know, look, look, Andre's already setting us up. A bomb on the Sixers tomorrow. Can't wait, Andre. I look forward to it. Again, for your host, Tony Jigsaw Catola at Tikatola 23. Coach Dave Dixon at Coach Dixon 365. John Pittsburgh, John Coker. I gotta start saying that at PGA Sound 36 and the wild card, Mike Mataraki at Big Mikey Smalls. So we are at Heat Ratio Sports on all social media platforms. Again, give us a like, give us a follow, and as I always say, stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll see you next week. Mike? Put it in the book. Dave? Peace. Peace.